Hi there, this is Emily Williams, Disability Advisor for the Diocese of Leicester, and you're listening to the Disability in the Church podcast, a place where I chat to different guests all about disability inclusion within the Christian church. I hope this will be a place where we can learn together, make mistakes together, and spark new ideas together. This episode was recorded remotely during the UK lockdown, therefore the sound quality might not be as good as normal, but the content is still fab. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Jess Thompson, who is the Head of Accessible Church Ministry for New Wine. Jess, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jess and um, like Em said, I run the Accessible Church Ministry for New Wine. I live between Bristol and Bath, which is very nice because it's be part of two cities, but countryside in the middle. Um, I go to Woody's Church, Woodlands, in Bristol. Uh, I love running, I love going to the beach, and I can't wait to do that again when lockdown is over and we are allowed. Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) When, how long have you worked for New Wine? So I officially took the role in September 2019, which feels like a million years ago now. Yeah, yeah, but not that long before the pandemic, so I guess you've basically done this in pandemic world. Yeah, I spent six months planning for events and then yeah all those events kind of got cancelled oh <laughs> but that's okay you know we got through I well and ev- I mean everyone had to do the same didn't they so. yeah exactly so we'll chat more about new wine in a minute but as well as new wine you're a family support worker and you spend some time working for livability is that right what does that look like yeah so my week is quite varied normally um I yeah I work with several families kind of doing in the community kind of PA support work um, but I also work part-time for livability which is um, kind of a national care organization it's it's kind of Christian focused they do um, education for churches and schools as well um, and they have yeah, care homes all over the place and schools um, yeah and so I work in a supported living house with three lovely ladies in Bath which is great and the, the ladies are Christians and most of the staff are Christians and it's just a really lovely environment to be a part of. And those, the, the adults you support and the families you support are all adults and families with additional needs or with disabilities, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, with a, a varying range. Um, I, I worked as a special school, a special school as a TA for five years. And so I PA for one of the lads still that I worked with there. And so he was about 13 when I first met him and now he's like the strapping 17 year old. Oh, so, yeah, wow. He's great fun. <laughs> Um, so what made you get into like additional needs just in terms of being in the school or in the mainstream environment first like what led you to that I guess field of employment? So uh, I've got a sister who has Down syndrome she's 26 now um, which when she was born kind of opened up my family's world to this yeah this big world of additional needs and and what that is and disability. Um, My parents became foster carers not long after she was born so I've grown up with different children kind of coming in and out of the house. Um, there was already four of us. And then my parents have also adopted two children who are also now teenagers. Um, and yeah, they also are fostering two young children who have got quite complex medical and um, physical disabilities. So yeah, wow. that's kind of how I got into it, I suppose. And I worked in a yeah. nursery for a while and I just thought this, this is just a bit boring. I Like, is there something about the special needs world which is a bit more exciting I find um n- every day is different isn't it yeah um, oh yeah completely unpredictable <laughs> what's the age gap between you and your sister with Jansen Jane 
um, about five years. So she, I was the second, she was the youngest, the fourth, and then um, the next two down are teenagers. So. Oh, wow. So essentially, since you've been five, so probably since you can remember, you've completely, that's just been your normal, is that world of additional needs and disability and things. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Kind of, yeah. So when did church come into it and inclusion in churches? I guess, have, has your family always been Christian? So has it kind of always been an element? Yeah, we were, we've grown up in church. Um, to be honest, I don't really remember ever church being an issue apart from the fact we were always late because we were always trying to rush to get there. <laughs> I'm always late, so. <laughs> Just this memory of us all like running down the road to church on a Sunday morning. Um, but yeah and then it personally for me um actually yeah through my sister my mum was involved with a group um in their local area with another lady who kind of ran small groups and things for adults with additional needs um and that was a ministry that started probably 20 years ago and now we're actually turning it into a charity which is really exciting oh that's um, amazing yeah I got to be a trustee for that which is really scary but exciting that sounds terribly adult <laughs> <laughs> I know um so yeah, we would, um, so that group kind of was going in, you know, I kind of helped out with that a little bit, doing transport and going along to groups there. Um, and then I'm going to move down here. It was kind of new wine, really, I think. Um, I kind of, Naomi Graham, who um, is now with Growing Hope, but used to be in my role, kind of emailed her and said like, oh, I'd love to come along and, and um, you know, steal some ideas from what you do at New Wine. And she emailed back and was like, oh, come and lead a team. We're starting something new. So that was really scary, but also then gave me confidence after doing that first year to come back to Bristol and be like, right, what can we do in my church? And it's kind of gone from there, I think. I find, I think New Wine's incredible like that. I was the same. So myself and my mum both kind of first were introduced to this inclusion world um, through New Wine. And yeah, I think they just put so much faith in you and uh, they're so encouraging and they're so mm. great at like releasing people's giftings. Um, yeah. But yeah, to say something like, come and leave this venue. Um, and you're like, uh, sink or swim. But you always swim because they, they're so great at that support and encouraging you and, you know, inputting into you. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, you're then able to take it home and plant it in all your home churches and all your friends' churches, which, you know, that's basically what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. How do you think that? Uh, that whole journey everything you've seen at New Wine and with your family how's that impacted your faith? Yeah it's a good question <clears throat> I think for me personally I've never been um, like a really academic person um, I've never really like got really stuck into theology maybe I should but I think this whole journey has been something which just always reminds me that it's we have a really simple gospel like and and that's all I kind of need to cling on to some of the time instead of getting lost in the big questions just actually you know and if that's something I can impart to other people you know they know they're loved they know they're forgiven nothing they can do is going to stop God loving them mm. then you know that's simple but but then it is really deep at the same time and you know we don't just talk about you know fairies and I don't know really simple stuff when we're in our church groups you know with the adults of the literal needs that I support we're talking about the big stuff but actually just bringing it back down to you know do I remember that God loves me and if I can impart that and if I can give someone that knowledge for them to take into their lives and I feel like that's enough yeah that, I mean it's just so powerful isn't it yeah. um, 
it, but but you mentioned there being academic and like getting like theology and it does feel like we live in this society and culture that that kind of almost tells us that our faith is dependent on that biblical knowledge or that theology and things like mm. that um I know for me I find that intimidating as you know what society would deem a mainstream adult um my my husband's training to be a vicar so um I as my default I'm like oh talk, talk to Ben he's a theological one but I'm really trying to challenge myself on that because like you say I don't I don't think it's that black and white and I think there's relational element in it and everything what would you say to someone who would suggest that having a learning disability or, or a physical disability can hinder someone's faith and or get in the way of that mm. so um I was thinking about this this week and then I actually <laughs> I'm going to steal a quote that someone is sharing at the leadership conference, the new right. leadership conference in a couple of weeks, because I got a sneak peek at the videos. Um, and one of my friends, John Norday, he just kind of ends his talk and he says, you know, what is the ultimate aim of any Christian? You know, it's not about being able to walk properly. It's not about being taught properly. It's not about our cognitive understanding. It's about having the fruits of the spirit. And, you know, as long as we can have love, joy, peace, again, really simple things, but with really deep meaning you know, those are the things that carry us and those are the things that, that make us a Christian and um, yeah, and develop our, our relationship with God, but with other people as well. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I think for me, like, like you've just said, there's understanding that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and, and that Jesus loves you and that he died for your sins, all of that importance and that, that underpinning in the Bible is really important. But I think for me, there's no one way to learn that. You don't mm. have to learn that sitting through, you know, three years worth of lectures like my husband's doing or sitting through <clears throat> like sermons. It doesn't have to be academic like we've been talking about. For some people, that's great. And that suits their learning mm. style. Fantastic. Go ahead. But that's not the one way. I think for me, I love that this world of inclusion um, opened my eyes to so many creative ways of learning that and they're all equally as valid yeah um, but I think Definitely. that that kind of switch in my head of oh I don't have to listen I don't have to learn by listening to academia I can learn differently I was like mm. oh great brilliant and if that's the the switch I had for me like that must be even bigger for lots of other families and lots of other people mm. do you see that at New Wine if you had you know families or um, adults that you can see that learning differently has made a massive difference yeah I think um I've been really blessed to be a part of the access team and that um yeah the just the ways that we can engage people with different types of prayer different types of, of learning you know yeah it's really great to be um have been included and be what's going on in the big arenas and the big venues but actually bring it back down to those smaller venues where it's just more slightly tailored and you know instead of listening to a talk for half an hour we'll do a drama and actually that brings a bible story to life you know or we'll do a sensory story and and, and the sensory story is like when you tell a story but you engage all of your senses so you might be spraying water on someone or you might be you know giving them something to taste if you're doing the story um of like Jesus and the bread and the loaf uh, fish so yeah just really bringing things like that to life and yeah. again that's um yeah just a really amazing way to see yeah how we all, we all learn differently like you said and um it's finding that that one person's way of of learning I suppose and their understanding of of Jesus and how to bring that to life and make it real for them mm. yeah I know that's brilliant so we've started to talk about new wine before we talk about it anymore um 
I feel like we should probably explain it for those people that don't know. I've worked loads of new wine as well. Um, I don't think we ever actually met, which is sad, although not hugely surprising because <laughs> those summer conferences pre-COVID are huge. Yes. Um, so for people that don't know what new wine is, I know new wine as mainly some uh, two like two weeks in the summer, summer conference. Um, <laughs> that's essentially a, oh, I'm probably going to get told off, probably not going to sell this well. A, a massive Christian conference where churches from all around the country gather as one and there is loads of different teaching venues, seminar venues, the most incredible kids venues I've ever seen in my life, uh, inclusion stuff, marketplace, super delicious donuts, we all camp, we all get muddy we, we don't shower for like three days if you don't like camping I'm not selling this it doesn't have to be like this we just love camping <laughs> um so that's what I know new wine as <laughs> um but yes it's it's more than just those summer conferences what what, what what's the big what is new wine as a whole so um new wine's mission is to see local churches changing nations and that does often often people do associate new wine with united which is a summer event um, which are great but yeah I think it's it's about resourcing the church for the other 52 weeks as well and there's there's a big network of churches that are kind of connected to New Wine and um, a big leadership network where you know people are leadership are connected and um, with each other in different regions across the country um, and supported by our team as well and within that also we have our different kind of mission areas so accessible church being one kids youth worship um, all with kind of their mission heads or leaders um just really kind of get out there to support the local church and what they're doing and encourage them um and just yeah just be there for them and and to support them especially this time when no one really knows what they're doing just trying mm. to muddle through with what it is but yeah so everyone kind of um, united i suppose is the main kind of thing everyone thinks of and it is great if you love camping um i was actually chatting with one of the access delegates who i'm quite good friends with um this week and i was trying to get some good stories some good Jesus stories from him about you know his time in access and, yeah, yeah. and a testimony I could share and he was just going on about the food you know it's like yeah the chips and the chicken the hog roast was his favorite bit oh the and, hog um, roast man is good yeah, he, <laughs> there, he was annoyed because there was no gluten-free cake and that was a bit oh, sad and he doesn't really like camping so yeah if you don't like camping yeah I mean people do stay in like travel lodges and things nearby don't they but in my opinion it's just not the same just got to embrace yeah. it yeah I did end up in a travel lodge a couple of years ago and that to be fair that was pretty nice especially yeah. since we had all that bad weather and we had to cancel and go home early oh was that that so, year yeah oh wow yeah that was a good year to be in the travel lodge that was bad so it does like all all year round stuff as well you've mentioned the leadership conference they run like new wine does little like sort of mini conferences throughout the year mm -hmm. doesn't it there's a leadership one there is an additional like an access um yeah, one isn't there so that was something i was playing towards for last year accessible church day um obviously that is now it didn't happen but we're, we're kind of channeling all of that kind of content into the leadership conference so nice. um, the leadership conference this year is for anyone in any kind of leadership or ministry within the church it's not just like a church leader so yeah it's open to anyone to come along which is really exciting yeah I love that I love that it's part of the bigger leadership conference anyway I think that's that in my head that makes much more sense for where an inclusion inclusion mm. teaching should sit with the rest of it um, yeah, I like that.
This podcast and other resources are created voluntarily to help encourage churches to become more accessible to those with disabilities. Emily would love to give more to her role as disability advisor. One simple way to support her in this is to visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Emily Williams. Essentially, you donate the cost of a brew from your local coffee shop. You can even commit to it monthly. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Emily Williams. Thank you for any support you can give. So you head up the Accessible Church side of New Wine. Um, What does that look like? I'm aware that's a massive question. (laughs) Um, What does the Accessible side of New Wine look like? Um, New Wine are great because they do really have a heart for inclusion um, and to see everyone involved in what's going on. And they really champion that. So my role is to, um, yeah, like I said, to be supporting local churches. Sometimes I get an email from someone who might just be like, oh, can you recommend something on this? Or, you know, how do you figure this out at the moment? And um, or it could be, you know, trying to drum up some team to come to an event, which if anyone's listening and they would like to come on team in the summer, this summer or next summer then get in touch because we'd love to have you um and yeah organizing kind of the team elements and also uh, overseeing what goes on at united and other events as well um in terms of like accessibility um like physical accessibility you know often there's a lot of drama uh, things going on about ramps or you know making sure people can actually get into the places they're supposed to be mm-hmm. um yeah and dealing with kind of any issues that arise on site but yeah day to day moment a lot of emails a lot of filming which is not my favorite thing to do but we're getting there slowly but surely with the filming (laughs) by the time we finish the pandemic it'll be you know I'll be great at it (laughs) well I'm sure you'll have learned so many new things during this time like so many other people that will then you know bring fruit to your ministry later on so I kind of want to focus for a minute on the on the united front and what um the uh, the accessible church looks like there they have their own venues, don't they? But they also have venues in the main venues. Um, just explain that and how it works and the benefits of both of them. Um, yeah, so our heart is to, to have everyone included in what's going on in kind of what we call the, you know, the main venues, um, which are, you know, adults, youth and kids venues. Um, but also within those, we have, um, yeah, we'll just have a little space, which kind of we call the, I don't know what we call it actually. It was an our place tent when I did it. It was like, oh, for our place tent. (laughs) So within the adult venues, we have an access space. So access is the um, ministry which oversees over 18s with additional needs at United. So within the adult venues, we will have an access venue, uh, an access space, um, just where people can go if they're finding it a bit much to be part of um, what's going on in in the big space, in the big arenas and the big venues. Um, And there might be some little toys, uh, a bouncy cushion, some craft things just to kind of engage what's going on, ear defenders, flags, all the fun stuff really, um, to help people engage with what's going on in the main sessions. Similarly in the kids venues and the youth venues, our place ministry is there for under 18s with additional needs on site um, and yeah there'll be spaces within each of the kids and youth venues for those. We also have our own separate access and our place venues just for anyone who um, might struggle to engage with what's going on in the in the larger venues and uh, so these are much smaller they also have like tailored sessions going on um kind of like seminar kind of slots which is really exciting and uh, like a way that we really get to know a lot of our delegates mm. particularly with an access which is um what i've been most involved in leading over the last three years since it started um or four years since it started we also have 
Breathe, which is our parent and carer venue, which is a really amazing safe space for parents and carers of those with additional needs to come um, and just drink tea, some cake, some prayer, and just really um, build community. And you know, we recognise that being a parent carer of someone with additional needs is not always easy. It can be really challenging. Um, and yeah, so that's a place where they can just go and, and meet with other people who are like-minded and going through similar situations, but in a really good Christian safe context. Um, and share and play games and have curry and yeah just just really have a good time and and be able to know their children are being like well cared for and also being discipled at the same time that's that a really such, important part it's such a valuable venue isn't it that breathe venue and I think in our in our local church settings that sometimes the bit that we forget about and so <clears throat> I'm trying what what can we do what from what you've seen they do in breathe what breathe what is What's really transferable to our church settings, we can't have a whole other venue. We can't, we don't necessarily have the time or the team to set up a whole other service or a whole other outreach. But what can we do? What what are the little bits that we can take from the principles of Breed to apply to our home church and to support our families and adults and congregation and carers there? Mm. I think it's just listening to the need, whether that's on the phone, whether that is getting a coffee in, you know, in coffee shop when you're allowed to with people, um, you know, whatever time suits that parent, it's a very busy experience being a parent, um, particularly for someone with additional needs. And yeah, I think listening to what they say and taking them seriously and um, allowing them to be honest and open and where they, you know, where they feel safe and want to be. Um, yeah, whether that is a team of people doing it or if it's just, personal relationship I think sometimes we try really hard to create a team or create um, something which has to be voted and managed and actually these things can be really natural you know yeah. it, it doesn't take a lot to build up a friendship or to ask someone how they're doing or to invite them for a cup of tea um, and yeah to pray with them just listen to what they I just think listening and responding appropriately is probably the best thing that people can do yeah. it's, it's that relationship isn't it an authentic friendship and mm. and then just be proactive in that if if they're if, if you know if you know they've got a day with lots of hospital appointments coming up drop drop them their meal round but leave a meal on their doorstep they've not got a cook that night or yeah walk the dog you know walk the dog put some flowers like anything like that like just so they know they've been thought of isn't it mm. um <clears throat> so I'm aware that new wine whilst is incredible is really different to week to week church sometimes and in in like our, our little village churches what what's transferable because you and I both know, having seen it, there's tons. But for someone that's never heard of new wine, what what can they what can they transfer from from that kind of setting to their their little little village church somewhere that will make it that will make a difference? I think having that space within like we have within our main venues is really important. It doesn't have to be like you know a gazebo with a sign on it saying this is the inclusion space. I think just having a few resources that you can you know it doesn't cost a lot buy some ear defenders and screw fix I think they're like 2 you know you can get some fiddle toys from Amazon have a you know have a box of resources that are there that can be in, in the adult you know main in the adult session or in the kids room you know you can have two boxes it's fine have as many boxes as you like they're great um yeah. I mean there are resources out there to help you put together a really good inclusion box and they that is something which I think is a really good starting point yeah uh, for people I think you may you know you may have children who come along who do need a bit of extra support and again you know having a team just a few people that are willing to kind of step up and, and support that young person 
in a Sunday school session um, is really important. I think sometimes people think, oh, there's no one who has a disability in our church or no, there's no one with additional needs, so we don't need to worry about it. But actually, I think if we were slightly more proactive in the first place, not only would we encourage people to come, but we'd be prepared when they do come. And well, that just and I think, makes I think it's one in five, isn't it? One in five people in the UK have some sort of additional need or disability. Yeah. That might, I think I think I've remembered that correctly. So, right. I mean, unless you've got four people in your congregation, the odds are you do have someone with some sort of additional needs or disability. Um, you just might not have realised. Um, yeah, exactly. So I do think it is everyone's responsibility. Um, I was really wanting to talk to you about adults. I, I've worked a lot with children, so I feel like I can do children. I've got, um, I feel like I can, I, can, I can learn that, I can muddle through <laughs> and, and do my best. What about adults when actually that is maybe a slightly harder environment to, to adapt? In a Sunday school you can really easily do things like a sensory story and it's not a big deal. All the other kids mm. love it. It doesn't look like you're doing something drastic. Um, in, in, the, in a main sermon, what are, what are some of the things um, you, would, you would suggest to help make, make a sermon more accessible? I, um, so for example, I, I think like Play-Doh or modeling clay um, that an adult can take with them to their chair, to their pew can be really helpful they can as they're listening to the sermon or the reading they can they can make that out of the clay they can make the the bible story they can as they're responding to it if they're thinking about their week they can they can mold that out or they can write mm. with play-doh or and so it just makes it that bit more interactive a bit more creative what are the like really easy things like that do you think um it makes us helps to make a sermon more accessible so yeah, I mean, similarly, I've got friends who will bring along colouring to Sunday service. And, you know, I think a lot of us have learned, well, I have anyway, if I'm at home listening to a talk at a church service, actually, if I whip something out to do, I'm actually more engaged, whereas in church, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more engaged anyway, when there's so many distractions at home, quite tricky. Um, I've, yeah, or you can do storyboarding. So I think just having, if you know someone's going to be struggling for a sermon, just being with them, I think is really important. Um, I've got a friend who might go and sit in the foyer during the Sunday, during the preach. But actually, if someone's with him, it's really easy to chat through what's going on, what's being said, you know, drawing out Bible verses, drawing out themes. I think if you're really proactive, you can even find out what the theme is going to be before that Sunday. Um, and you can talk to the church leader and say, oh, you know, what are the verses going to be? What's going to be the story, you know, the theme, what's going on? Um, yeah, and then you can. Can, you can be prepared to share that and break that down a bit easier if you're I guess really clever you can do it as you go yeah I think it's, it's hard isn't it because like you say kids it's really easy to make it a bit more messy and fun and that kind of thing but when you're expected to be in a Sunday service it's something I've probably not quite cracked yet but mm. um yeah I think that yeah I don't know if anyone else has any ideas then Feel free to let me know. Yes, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a bank of all these ideas. I think as well is some really practical things are like, have you got resources that are large print or in Braille or have you got a BSL signer? You know, the things that you might not expect someone to come along with, but actually if they do, then again, you're prepared. You know they're going to be mm -hmm. there and you've mm -hmm. got those things ready. Using like a PowerPoint behind you that's got visual prompts as you're talking. So you've got that visual element. Um, it doesn't have to all be really fancy, does it? Or it costs a lot of money. No, sometimes I know some churches as well. Oh, sometimes even having like little spaces in the sermon 
that's like 90 seconds talk to your neighbor about this question and then that kind of conversational relational element just really helps to keep everyone engaged um, I was gonna say, I've heard of churches have a break halfway through yeah and they get up and go and get a cup of tea halfway through the service and that yeah just gives everyone a bit of a chance to move and breathe which is really uh, that's good. a really good idea like physically leave your chair like you've got five minutes go leave your, yeah. your space that's a really good idea because that movement's really helpful isn't it mm. yeah we love movement break brilliant so I close I close every episode of the podcast with the same question so here's your question why is it everybody's responsibility to be aware and to include I think because Jesus included everyone I think if we're going to live by his example then you know we have a saying in our church where everyone's a minister and that doesn't mean that we leave it all to the people who are on the stage or you know the people who are doing the lead the official leading but it means we will have an opportunity and perhaps we might even have more time than those leaders to go and welcome someone and to get take the time to get to know them and again I'm going to quote someone who I think was on your podcast I think it was Roy who said you know the simple question is what's going to help you worship today like it's as simple as that mm-hmm. you know by asking someone what's going to help you today that is just a really welcoming and inclusive way of getting to know someone and starting them off on you know in a in a church so yeah and that just that verse in 1 Corinthians 12 about unity and all being part of the body we all have our part to play and that's just really important to remember brilliant thank you so much it's a lovely place to end it thank you for talking to me um and maybe we'll talk again thank you thank you for listening to this episode of disability in the church podcast for more information about the topics discussed today then you can head to the diocese of leicester website and search disability resources for churches thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time bye